At the center of your being, you have the answer. You know who you are, and you know what you want. Lao Tzu. Welcome to the Applying Awareness Podcast. I'm your host, Adam French. In the Applying Awareness Podcast, I want to take you on a journey of cultivating awareness of self and the world around us and apply that awareness to make our lives more purposeful and more fulfilling. It's really about examining the cause and effect we see in our own internal stories, as well as the larger collective story of our society. On this episode, episode 16, I'm going to be talking about the how, why, and what of self-awareness. So self-awareness is one of those quote-unquote soft skills that drives your personal growth beyond what you could believe. And it's the precursor for emotional intelligence, social acuity, and being able to program yourself with productive habits. So I'm super excited for this episode. And if at any point during the episode, you guys are like, wow, this is some tasty awareness. I would love it if you went into iTunes and gave me a review saying those thoughts, because that really helps me out, guys. So self-awareness, let's dive into it. All right, what's up, guys? It's Adam French. I'm here. Just got a new mic stand, so I don't have to like hunch over the mic, like make my shit all stiff, you know? Um, I'm ready to go. I hope you're ready to go as well, because today I'm talking about self awareness, and awareness is in the title of this podcast. So you best believe self awareness. Uh, is a very serious topic around here. And I'm probably going to do a few episodes on it, but this is the first one, and I wanted to really dive into it. So I did a lot of research, because I love doing research. Kind of, afterwards, after I have the knowledge. Uh, But while I'm doing the research, it's a bit of a grind. You know, everything that's worth doing takes a little effort, but that's okay. So, what is self-awareness let's start with that in one study and you know scientists are always right so i'm using a research study um by cade they define as an accurate appraisal of a given aspect of one's situation functioning or performance or of the resulting implications so that's kind of a mouthful maybe i shouldn't have taken the definition from a research study. So let me try to translate that into non-scientist speak. Knowledge of the impact of your action on your internal state and the state of the things around you. Let's do that. Let's, boom, did it. I translated the research jargon into English, people. Give me a Pulitzer or whatever they give people that do things like that. So I like to look at self-awareness as the knowledge of your inner cause and effect. So like when I do this activity, I feel like when I do Y, I feel like X. So being able to step back from yourself and inspect the things you're doing objectively, your habits, your emotions, 
your thoughts. So observing what you feel and do instead of being caught in the stream of what you feel and do. Because when we move through our day, it's like riding my bike, thinking about what happened at work. You know, you're not thinking about the situation you're in and why you're feeling how you're feeling. You're just kind of thinking and lost in yourself. <clears throat> so, wow. I spent a lot more time than I thought I was going to trying to define this, but I hope uh, everyone has a very well-rounded, hopefully everyone has a very well-rounded uh, knowledge of self-awareness after that rant. So, okay, back on track. In this episode, sorry guys, it's a little late, so I'm a little uh, all over the place. It's the end of the day, it's 10, 10.40 p.m., it was like a 14-hour day. Just give me a break, all right? Just give me a break. I promise. It's going to be good. I promise. So in this episode, I'm going to provide some proven methods. They're proven by science, by people's experiences they use to cultivate awareness of their inner cause and effect. And I'll talk about how you can use that knowledge to develop better habits and social skills. So why do we need self-awareness? There's a really great article on Lifehacker that gave me a few bits and pieces of knowledge about this. There isn't any improvement without any self-awareness. And I'm pretty sure J.P. Taxman said that when I was talking to him. It's like, if you don't know what the problem is, you can't fix it. It's like design. You don't know what the design problem is. How are you going to be able to design a solution to it? When we turn on our self-awareness, we start collecting intuitive data from our senses that we can then act on. And if we're not self-aware, that data goes in and out of your head and it's basically useless. So think about it. The, the data from your senses, if you can collect that and use it objectively to judge your habits and actions, then you're using that data. You're putting it to work. Just like Google, just like they're selling our data. They're not just letting our personal data go out into the uh, uh, ether. They're not doing that. They're collecting it and, you know, making their company better off of it. And that's what you can be doing within yourself. Become Google, people. <laughs> so how do you become Google with the data that goes in your body? So, uh... Tasha Yurik, I, I hope I said her name right, shout out Tasha, she had a TED talk called Increase Your Self-Awareness with One Simple Fix. So research shows that when we're self-aware, if you need any more reasons to be self-aware, when we're self-aware, we're more fulfilled, creative, better employees, have stronger relationships, we're better people when we're self-aware. This is why I made a podcast about awareness. So the crazy thing is, 95% of people think that they're self-aware. But the actual amount of people who are self-aware is only like 10 to 15%. <laughs> this is what Tasha Yurik found out from her research that culminated in the TED Talk. So there's 85% of people out there that think they're self-aware but actually aren't. Let's narrow that gap at least a little bit. 
I know there are only like 40 people listening to this right now, but let's, you know what, let's do what we can to close that gap. And the interesting thing about self-awareness is there's no demographic characteristic that determines self-awareness, right? So we all have the same capacity to be self-aware. doesn't matter what color, age, gender, religion, whatever identity thing that people fight about nowadays, anything you want to pick. None of those affect your self-awareness. So we all have the power. One thing that Tasha brings up in her TED Talk is that like you would think introspection is a key part to self-awareness. But she found that people who introspect a lot, they actually had more stress, higher tendencies of depression, and they felt like they had less control of their life. And this is because their introspection was focused on the question, why? Tasha says, why me? And that question right there puts you in victim mode, right? It goes from self-awareness to self-hatred to blaming other things for your problems. Because you say why, and your brain, you know, our brains are not, they're kind of built to turn on themselves. Our ego is, is kind of built to turn on itself. So when you start asking why me, it can turn into a domino effect. I bet a lot of you guys listening know that domino effect. When you say, why did this happen to me? And you're like, oh, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I'm not good enough. And then boom, you hate yourself. It's a, you know, it's not, it's a slippery slope from asking why. And the reason is, the reason that asking why is so harmful is because we invent answers to this question of why that action like aren't actually the truth and we can't uncover the hidden thoughts beliefs assumptions and biases by asking why we can't uncover that but they're still at work determining the answers to that question so by asking why we're triggering our biases we're triggering like those shortcuts that our brain takes to make sense of the world. We're triggering those shortcuts in the worst way. And that makes us come up with the wrong answers to why. So, Tasha's answer, her one simple fix is introspect. That's a good thing. Introspection isn't a bad thing. But when you introspect, don't ask why. Ask what Why did this happen to me? Why did I do this wrong? Oh, because I'm not good enough. See how easily that falls into the spiral? What happened to me? Much more neutral. What can I do to make it happen better next time? Now you're going upwards. Now you're going in an upward spiral. Asking what gives you an action plan. So why can't I be better at basketball? Oh, I'm not training hard enough. I'm, I'm just not good enough. What can I do to get better at basketball? Do some dribbling drills, shooting drills, play with some friends that are better than me. Boom. I'm, in, I'm, I'm upwards. I'm onwards and upwards because I asked what in my introspection. So why makes you look backwards into 
the depths of your self-deception? And what makes you look forwards into the essence of your issues and guides you straight towards an action plan? So I want to thank Tasha Yurik for that beautiful TED Talk because that was huge for me. Like It's one simple word, people. But when you introspect, when you're writing down in your journal um, or, or however you introspect, don't ask why. If you catch yourself asking why, try to plug in a what there. Try to consciously write down what did I do today? What can I do to do it better tomorrow when you're journaling? And I obviously journaling is good for self-awareness. I mean, I think that's obvious, right? Um, so journal. And then when you journal, when you look inside, however you look inside through journaling, art, music, whatever you do, ask what. So the reason that why I want to dig into like, why are our brains so bad at this? <laughs> we're, we're not great at being self-aware, right? Remember that 70, 80% of people are walking around thinking they're self-aware, but they're not actually self-aware. So why are we so bad at this? And this can be tied back to cognitive biases. So I'm going to do a whole episode on cognitive biases because there are so many and they so influence on how we process things, how our world works, how politics work, how everything works is from these cognitive biases that prevent our brain from seeing truth. So they stem from our brain's need to conserve energy and it makes certain automatic assumptions based on patterns that we've seen in the past. So think of them as mental shortcuts so we don't have to process all the complexity present in our world. There's an overwhelming amount of data that's coming into our systems. And just like just like Google, let's go back. We are, think about yourself as Google, right? If you're Google, you want to optimize the intake and processing of that data. You don't want your system to be overrun with that data. Our body's the same way. So we come up with these cognitive biases as a way to optimize our data processing systems. That was a really scientific way. We're machines. No, I'm just kidding. But hopefully you get why, like what a cognitive biases is. So I want to give you a few examples of cognitive biases that are relevant to self-awareness. But keep in mind, I'm doing a whole episode on them later because super interesting on how they shape our world. So confirmation bias. This one's a big one. This is... Confirmation bias is where we pay attention to facts that support our beliefs while ignoring other facts. So an example of confirmation bias. A global warming skeptic seeking out studies discounting global warming's human cause while ignoring studies that prove the cause of global warming by humans. So it's like, well, I saw this study that said this is just the natural climactic variations of the earth. But did you see the other 40 studies that said it was caused by humans? Well, no. That's confirmation bias. So this also shows up in like when that person does look at studies about confirming global warming. Uh, caused by humans, they're going to look for flaws in that study while at the same time ignoring the flaws in the study that supports their opinion. 
So confirmation bias is a real, I wanted to go in a little bit on that one, because that is a real, mm, that is a real shithead, man. Like, that'll really get you. <laughs> Ignoring everything that proves you wrong. And looking for flaws in it while not looking for flaws in your own beliefs. So a mitigation to this is to be curious, man. Actively look for things that disprove your belief. Consciously say, okay, so I believe in global warming. I'm going to look at this. I believe in global warming. God, I hate that. I believe that global warming is caused by humans. I'm going to go seek out studies that disprove this and look at them with an open mind. That's a lot of effort, right? Right? That's why we have these biases, because the other choice is just fucking hard. Either have this bias or do all this work. Like, who wants to do all that work looking at stuff they don't like because it doesn't agree with them? Like, who wants to do that? But... <laughs> That's how you get over the bias. You got to go seek out stuff that disproves you and listen to it with an open mind. Another bias that uh, affects us in terms of self-awareness is optimism bias. So this leads you to believe that you are less likely to suffer from misfortune and more likely to attain success than your peers. Basically, the I'm awesome bias, optimism bias. There's the actor-observer bias, which is the tendency to attribute your actions to external causes while attributing other people's actions to internal causes. This one's another big one. So you say, you, you know, something happens, you're like, oh, that wasn't my fault. Same thing happens to another person. Oh, that guy needs to do better. This happens to all of us. Especially in like when I played basketball, this thing was everywhere. It's like I lost the ball. It's like, oh, it slipped. The other guy loses the ball. Oh, his handles, his handles are whack, man. That's how it works. I remember thinking this, you know. So the mitigation for the actor observer bias, how do you solve the actor observer bias is to adopt a growth mindset. Now I'm going to do a whole nother episode on a growth mindset because <laughs> it's also huge. So a growth mindset is to keep reminding yourself that you have control and your actions and internal factors drive what happens to you. It shapes, you know, you have control over your future. That's a growth mindset. You have control over your own growth. If you work hard at something, if you practice, then you'll get better at it. That's a growth mindset. So adopt that mindset and this actor observer bias will fade a little bit and you'll realize everybody, <laughs> you know, once you realize that you are determined by your own internal actions and factors, you'll realize everyone is determined that way. So all these biases are deeply rooted in our thinking methods. They've evolved with our brain in order to save us precious cognitive energy when faced with the true complexity of life and the data in our senses. For the most part, these biases allow us to live life productively without spending lifetimes making decisions. Because if we had all the data and it was all coming in at once, we couldn't make a decision. Our brain is just not that powerful. So it's got to come up with these shortcuts. So for the most biases, just a general rule. 
The best way to mitigate them is to realize they exist and try to factor them into your most important decisions, like thinking about who to vote for. People don't really think about that too hard, by the way. I know, I voted. Anyways, metacognition. Whoa, metacognition. Crazy word. So metacognition is to think about you how... the Metacognition is to think about how you are thinking with the aim of improving learning. So think about your biases and how they affect the way that you process information. And then try to overcome them consciously is how you apply that piece of awareness. I wish I had a, like I wish I had more time to edit this sound, do some bombs and some record scratches and shit. That'd be dope. So metacognition's hard at first to think about how how you're processing things. A lot of people aren't used to it, but you just gotta practice. You gotta say, Why did I think that way? Oh, no, no. Not why. See, I asked why there. Not why did I think that way. What did I think? What caused me to think that way? Boom. <laughs> there you go. Um, so think about that. A lot of thinking involved. So I want to dive into metacognition a little bit to wrap up here, to give yourself, to give you guys kind of the rounding out of the self-awareness toolkit. So just to go over the other stuff, introspect, but ask what, not why. Become aware of your biases and use conscious effort to overcome them. And the third and the last one is practice metacognition. So study about your own thought processes because this helps you to become more objective. And nothing's perfect. You're never going to become a perfect robot that rationally analyzes every situation. You're not, okay? No, that's just not going to happen. But, you know, you can come close. So here are some methods for increasing your metacognition and therefore your self-awareness. So I already went over the first. Ask good questions when reflecting. Forward thinking, what questions? Not backwards thinking, why questions? Keep a journal that you fill out daily or weekly. Reflect on how you think, less on what you think. So instead of the thoughts themselves, think about how your thought processes work. Instead of thinking about like your feelings and emotions in that moment, think about the interaction of factors that cause those feelings and emotions. So try to think bigger picture when you introspect and reflect on your thought. Another great way to practice metacognition and self-awareness is to step into other people's shoes and look at yourself from their shoes. So I think this is really cool. <laughs> I think this is a really cool uh, experiment. So like step into the shoes of your mom and look at yourself in your mind's eye with the values and ways of thinking of your mom. Because you know your mom, you know how she thinks, you know her values. 
Because when you're like studying your thoughts and mental processes, you only have one set of experiences through which to study them, you know? So if, if you step into someone else's shoes, you get a whole fresh perspective on, on looking at who you are. And that brings insight. Change in perspective brings insight almost every time. And one way to step into each other's shoes is to directly ask them. So like after you journal and study how your thought processes move, talk to people about it and say, hey, was my way of thinking biased here? What did I miss about myself? What do you think about my thought processes and thought patterns? You don't have to step into their shoes in your mind's eye when you can actually ask them, (laughs) you know? So talk to someone that you trust. Talk to someone that really, really knows you, like your mom or your dad or your best friend, you know? And I think you both will uh, connect further after that exercise. And, And your partner, especially if you're in a relationship, I think this would be a super valuable exercise when you journal down your thoughts on the day or your reflection and how you were thinking and share it with them and ask them like, Hey, am I missing anything here? And I think that would, it would help both of you get to know each other and get to know how you think better. Um, so that one's really cool as well. I like the feedback one, but when you look at yourself from other perspectives, you, you can't lose yourself in their perspective and say, Oh, I need to change this. Cause Janine told me so like, stay stay grounded in who you are and stay stay keep get this feedback from a place of self-love and i'm going to do another episode on self-love because we all need that we all need that so look at people's per, uh feedback on your mental pro- processes from a perspective of self-love wow I'm really running out of gas here, guys. It is it's like 11.06. I've been up I've been up since like 6. I'm sorry. The last thing is remember that you're human. And remember that you're not perfect. Don't shit on yourself, you know? But when you feel you're right more than anything, when you feel like you know you're right and the other person's so wrong. Remind yourself that you're human. You have these biases that you aren't conscious of. It's not your fault, you know? It's damn evolution. Goddamn evolution. Made your brain like that. Not, not you. But what you can do, because you are human... Because we are the only species with this magnificent ability to think about how we think and think about our desires outside of having the desires and being self-aware. We're the only species that's able to be self-aware thanks to our prefrontal cortex. So use that sometimes and remind yourself, hey, I don't know everything. Sure, I'm not a dummy. I'm not an idiot. Don't don't be down on yourself, but you can learn more. Have an open mind. 
that's the biggest thing to self-awareness. Keep your mind open to new possibilities. Keep your mind open to who you are inside. Because once you close your mind, that self-awareness closes too. So I'm going to go over the methods once again. Because I think these these have been really useful for me since I researched them. Um, and I think they will be for you. So introspect, journal, and ask what. What can I do to be better? What can I do to improve myself? What can I do to control this situation? What can I do to control my habits? Overcome your biases by acknowledging the fact that you're not perfect. And the last big thing, get feedback from people close to you about your thought processes. Write them down. Jot down notes. So, there I tried to cover all the foundational bases of self-awareness. So, I want to know how you keep yourself aware. What are some methods that you use? Anything that I missed in this episode? And what did you learn from this episode? Let me know, guys. I love discussing stuff with y'all. It's so It makes this so fun when I know I'm not on an island shouting into the mic like a crazy person. When I know there's someone on the other side with this going into their ear holes, as J.P. Taxman likes to say, and they're learning from it. If you are, let me know. In the reviews in iTunes or on social media, you can hit me on Instagram at Apply Your Awareness. You can hit me on Twitter at Applying Awareness. You can hit me on uh, LinkedIn at Adam French. Post a lot of content on LinkedIn. Shout out to all the people. If you're listening and you've interacted with me on LinkedIn, shout out to you because that community is cool. I've gotten so much positive energy from that community and just so much support. People are like, how can I help you? I'm like, shit, well, if people are going to help me, I'm going to help other people. So I ask people, how can I help you? And it's just this positive circle of um, just generosity and love. And it's crazy. I never like you think of LinkedIn and you think of like half baked business articles, you know, but. I got on there and I started really putting my time in and I was like, whoa, (laughs) I was like, holy shit. There's so many people that get it here and that are just trying to help other people. So I just went on a little rant about LinkedIn, but that's been my life. Um, Social media stuff. So, you know, makes sense. Anyways, shout out LinkedIn, shout out self-awareness. Shout out Tasha Yurik from that TED Talk. I really liked that TED Talk. And I will see you guys next Friday. That wraps it up for this episode of the Applying Awareness Podcast. I hope you're leaving more aware than when the episode started. To reach out, you can email me at appliedawareness.com pod at gmail.com or you can just check out my LinkedIn and search up Adam French in LinkedIn and you can connect with me there. 
Also, major key alert, Applying Awareness Podcast is now on Instagram. So take out your phone, go on Instagram, search up Apply Your Awareness, and go ahead and press that follow button, and I will follow back if you DM me saying, I listen to your podcast, it's dope, I'll be like, hell yeah, let me get that follow. So hit up my Instagram, apply your awareness. And if you enjoyed the episode today and what I am doing, the biggest thing you can do to support me and the podcast is to rate and review it and write a little review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. So I'll provide links in the show notes uh, if you could click on that and take one and a half minutes out of your day, not even two minutes to write a review. I would really, really appreciate you. I appreciate you now, but I would appreciate you even more if that's possible, if you wrote a review. For the next episode, I'm going to hit you with a mystery guest. So I've interviewed a lot of amazing people over the last few days slash week, and one of them has been public speaker with an amazing story. And I interviewed another guy who's really big on LinkedIn right now. Uh, he's doing a digital creative agency. And that was a really, really fun interview. I'm super excited to show that to you guys. Another one was a dedicated urban farmer and hip hop enthusiast and thought leader in multiple categories. Another one was my ninth grade French and yoga teacher, and we talked about yoga. So there have been a lot of great conversations going on, and I'm really grateful for being able to interview these people. It's really added to my experience, my knowledge, um, and that's really why I did this podcast. So add that experience and knowledge to your brains by plugging in to episode 17 next Friday with a mystery guest. Who's it going to be? Somebody awesome, but you don't know. So find out next Friday. All right, y'all. Peace out.